Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a second to give you a quick disclaimer on this bonus episode. This is a series we're calling the DDM Deep Dive, where we sit down with cast members and talk about the previous episode. We will have this and other great bonus content over on our Ko-fi page, so if you like what you hear, maybe consider subscribing. The link is in the description below. Thanks for your time, and enjoy this bonus episode. Welcome to the DDM Deep Dive, where the dueling dungeon masters sit down with cast members to get their takes on the episode. Now sit back, grab a drink, and let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to the Dueling Dungeon Masters Talk Back. It's our first episode after session one. I'm Mark Merritt. I'm Rick Michael Lindsay. This gentleman. And today <laughs> we have with us Beverly Prevost. Hi. And Nicholas Mason. Hey there. And so, yeah, we wanted to uh, discuss kind of, you know, what was going on in the episode and how you guys as players felt about it, how you felt about it as characters. Thorn became Thorn tonight, I feel like, on the spot. Uh, we, we've been talking <laughs> about it and, and Nick actually said, I, fi- like, I finally found my voice. Do you want to talk about that a little bit now? Absolutely. Yeah, I have been dreaming of the character of Thorn for such a long time. In all honesty, the character was originally a concept for a mutant um, in the, like, the X-Men universe. I imagine some sort of, you know, wiry kid coming to the Xavier Mansion with plant powers. And it sort of turned into a like a D&D character. I, I you know, love tabletop games. And I thought that this character would work to be created in the freeform world that we're using in the podcast. And so, yeah, I had thought so much about their backstory and the way that they would fit into the world. And, you know, we'd done such so much world building in the first, in the session zero, um, but I hadn't really settled on a character voice yet. <laughs> and uh, it was sort of funny hearing you use your, your sort of impromptu character voice for Corny or Cornelius, um, the character I invented to be my sort of like human companion in the in the city, uh, my sort of coach as a as a boxer in the ring, um, had kind of a New York accent, and I don't know, I just imprinted that in the first couple of words that I said, and I was like, oh well, there we go, like there they exist, and it actually makes a lot of sense that it would be that way. They're sort of like gritty and like (laughs) someone from Brooklyn, like, I don't know, like it's very, it's a little bit Harley Quinn, but it's also like, I don't know what it is, but it's something, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit off of how I regularly talk and it's, it's great. So I'm, I'm happy you landed on that. Well, it's funny that you got there too, because Mark and I, during prep sessions and everything, we were talking, we were talking about Corny. We're like, who is Cornelius? And I think I had the, the vision of, of Rocky's, corner man uh and uh and i was gonna say it and as soon as i was about to tell mark about it he goes wouldn't it be funny he said i was like oh my god you're a bum (laughs) so whoever was it really truly was whoever was gonna be cornelius was gonna be that there's a few things that we agree on (laughs) we were definitely on the same wavelength there for sure yeah for sure um Grinda went through a little bit of something this episode, didn't she? A little bit different than uh, what you thought you were going into. How did uh, how did how did Grinda feel today? Grinda is very confused, um, as is Beverly, but uh, I love it. 
Yeah, I think Grenda's kind of going back and forth between she's wanting to do the right thing and do good and make the people around her happy and please them and be seen as like, be told that she's doing a good job. She wants to help and she's very childlike. She wants to please, especially the authority figures and the quote, grown up kind of figures around her. But she's out of place. She's not home. Um, She's not quite sure why she's here and what's going on or, you know, who, who her friends are or anything. She's very alone in a different way, in a very different way than Grenda is used. Yeah. So Grenda is definitely out of place. Would you say that Grenda is home wherever she is? Grenda can be content Mm -hmm. in a lot of different environments, but there is nowhere that is home to Grenda except for the the mountainous kind of forests um, between the two villages that she has known for her whole life that she can really remember uh, ever since she was a wee lass, we being a a loose term with Grenda. Let me ask you this too, because we, we're going with the idea that Grenda is kind of like a raging barbarian. Um, but people will notice that she's very lighthearted and it's not what you think of when you think of a, a barbarian, right? Like, oh, I'm going to like smash and I get super angry. Do you want to talk about what that is for Grenda and why Absolutely. it feels so strange? Yes. Um, Grenda does not rage in the way a normal barbarian does because Grenda doesn't have any of um, any actual rage in her. Um, but Grenda does have a joy rage, an ecstasy um, style rage. There are certain parameters that have to be met um, for Grenda to go into that rage because I really wanted to play a barbarian that wasn't, I would like to rage. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's wonderful. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's helpful, but like I wanted to challenge myself a little bit as a player and as a character, and I like just having something that's a little off. Beverly, I will get those to you because there is actually a formula. I don't want to give uh, you an advantage over anyone else in our party should these <laughs> wonderful characters ever happen to meet up and adventure together. No, um, no metagaming at all. <laughs> no, no. So there, I won't tell you what's in it, but there are two columns. And um, if three things from one column are present, um, Grenda can joy rage or Roy. Um, And then there is a special column that if there is one thing present in that column, you only need one thing from the other column uh, Mm. for Grenda to to go into her joy rage. I don't know if this this will come up or be important, but um, if Grenda Roy's for an extended period of time, um, it's much like a long ecstasy trip, a long ecstasy experience, and she mm-hmm. pretty much runs out of serotonin. So mm-hmm. Grenda has to um, nap in the sun and eat a eat copious amounts of birds because <laughs> much like humans, Grenda synthesizes serotonin from tryptophan and vitamin D. It's good that we have an abundance of birds on this donut world then. Some would say too many birds. Some would say way too many birds. Yeah. Good thing we have a planetary precedent for that. To, you mm-hmm. know, what's a frame of reference? <laughs> a planet that's, you know, almost entirely in, 
inhabited with birds on every continent. And the reason mm-hmm. everywhere. The reason that we have so many birds is why, Nick. Yeah, why? Please. <laughs> um evolution, but um also birds are great. Okay, so he's saying that because I'm a, a big bird nerd um and an avid birder. And in session zero, which you should absolutely listen to, um, I uh, add in lots of birds in the universe. So, ha ha ha! This is my creation. <laughs> yeah, there, um, there are beasts of burden. Um, they're plentiful. Obviously, uh, if you've watched the episode or any of the other ones, there's the twin tails, which we've already come across in the in the first episode. Uh, I don't know what that one was doing because they're house pets, but. It's there. <laughs> I was, was going to say, and don't like give away what what was happening mm-hmm. in that moment. But I was curious as to what was happening with the the twin tails uh, moment in the episode. I don't, mm. I don't know if you want to elaborate, or you're like, I'm just going to hold off. And my, I mean, mostly, I just wanted to see uh, Nick interact with uh, snacks. There is something now that you brought it up again, but now I'll have something for it, yes. (laughs) I liked it because maybe it gives me an op, the way I looked at it was, okay, I'll just, you know, neutralize this situation pretty quickly because, you know, whatever. But also, you know, it sort of gives me an opportunity to interact with nature in a very industrial environment, which I sort of appreciated. Also, I feel as though Thorn, I feel animals like Thorn. I feel like, do you know what I mean? I feel like they're one of those people that walks around and the dog, sure. like when you're walking by someone who's walking their dog, the dog keeps looking at you it's like, when oh, you yeah. walk by. Why That's, can't I go live that, that kind of person. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal for this, and I don't, I'm not going to speak for Mark because obviously you have different goals. My goal for this session was to really put out there the difference between uh, people of magic and people of non-magic, of technology, yeah, like of regular reg, regular people. Um, and I, I wanted to, I tried to convey that in every single person's story, but especially with you two, you know, you are a fighter underground uh, using your magic illegally in order to make a living. Um, and Grenda, you know, you are out of place and... I wanted to make that well known, and it—it, it, I mean, it, it got a little dark for sure, oh in, gosh, in a, a sense. Girl crying at Grenda, Grenda yeah. was just like, no. no. <laughs> and that's not something that Grenda ever wants. You know, she's about yeah. happy and joy, and she's childlike. Yeah, she spends a lot of time with the children in in her two villages, and mm-hmm. she's she loves children and children's stories. And Grenda's already sad, and that just made this whole place even stranger to her. Yeah, and then Mark has uh, the Mark has her being traded or or something. Something nefarious is happening, and I'm I have no idea where it's going. I'm really excited. <laughs> I think I I think I have my suspicions, but he won't tell me anything. No, I don't. It's, want to I will say it's interesting living with a cast member and a, a person who is playing mm-hmm. alongside me because I do talk about the world. I do talk about things, sure. and then I also. That's why I write things down because I also talk about things that I'm not doing and things that I'm tricking her that I'm going to do because I don't nice. want her to have all the secrets. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have all of them. I know. It's an interesting little, because uh, the only times when I'm saying something, I'm like, and then I just go, I'll be like, hold on, I'll be right there. What are we? Yeah, dinner. Dinner's great. Okay. Grenda was actually born out of us being two weirdos living together and just kind of doing 
talking in voices a lot and being just silly um, and creating different characters that interact with each other's characters in our day-to-day life to the point where we just kind of become that character throughout moments of the day. And Brenda's one of those characters uh, for almost a year now. And it's really fun to get to um, engage as her in a, in a very different way and with other people now too. The crew is slowly coming together. We've got a couple of, uh, you know, two of them are now connected and, and everybody else is kind of headed towards one another. So you're all going to be a party at some point. <laughs> yeah. I like it nice. though. I like getting to see each character interacting with the world individually mm-hmm. before we interact with them as ourselves. Yeah. That was one thing. That was one thing that I wanted to. Um, I wanted to see because it is our opening shot, and I wanted to see everybody's everybody's given circumstances are 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 X, Y, and Z. And then later we'll have an inciting incident, of course, because storytelling and plot and quests and all of that. And I know it's literally Thorn Thorn going home and going to sleep. It's interesting to me because I want to know what what they do because yeah, you're a, you're a big fist, small fisty cuff. You know, um, but you got to have, there's more to you. And I know Nick's got it. I know Nick's got all. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. every character has. I know, I know Beverly has. I know everybody can just whip that out. I mean, we had, what was the, the Sage's Satchel? Like, yeah, people have, you have Savannah a just for something. That off. I want to hear your side of the story. Because I can say you go to your house that is on top of a building and it's there and you go to sleep and there's a squirrel. Um, <laughs> but even the mo- the mundane acts with these characters are, you gotta make them care. You gotta make people care. And I, I don't know, I care about the choice you made not to squish that bird that was fighting your, you know, that was fighting your squirrel. You know, no, obviously you're the type of person who wouldn't. And no, and you sent it on its way. And that was a lovely little moment. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting as someone who's become or a character that's become so violent by, by necessity, mm-hmm. you know, can still manage to be, you know, peaceful and, you know, you recognizing of life in that, in that little moment. Yeah. I also like to think that the top of this particular rooftop they've filled with, you know, all kinds of plant life that they can find. So like mm-hmm. any sort of empty vessel or empty tires and stuff like that, like they filled with soil and a plant yeah. and there's like sunflowers and all kinds oh, yeah. of random stuff growing on top of this roof. So additional miniature dandelion running around trying to eat things. I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I mean, you don't, you don't want that. The mothers are terrible. They'll, they'll rip you oh, apart. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> just a, just a stray dandy. <laughs> Uh, hey, Nick, we're wrapping up here. What are your final thoughts on episode one? Uh, just that I'm excited to see where everything goes. Um, I love what we've set up with, um, with you know, with Brenda and with Thorne. We've talked about that a little bit, but I'm also excited about what's, you know, going on with Juno and Walter. It's going to be exciting and I'm eager to see how it all uh, unfolds. Let's do it. Well, Beverly doesn't really have any final thoughts, but Grenda uh, would just like to say that green good and don't hurt anything that hasn't hurt anything. I think those are the wisest words honestly, that, have, though. that have air been spoke. Grenda <laughs> is very wisdomous. Mm-hmm. The most wisdomous womanoid around. That ever there was. 
than ever there was. <laughs> hey, thanks for stopping by and listening to our post chat. Um, yeah. We appreciate you guys. Uh, stay Always. tuned for more episodes. My name is Michael. My name is Mark. We are the Dueling Dungeon Masters. <laughs> yeah, we are. Take Catch care. Bye. 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 See ya.